0: trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors good morning everybody it's tuesday january 31st 5 a.m central time as i speak here March corn futures down two at 681 and three quarters. March soybeans down seven and a quarter at 1528. March Chicago wheat down five and a half at 747. March Kansas City wheat down six and a half at 867 and a quarter. March spring wheat down five at 916 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Ratings and reviews are welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, drop me a comment. All of those things will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. A lot of you guys are attending grain marketing meetings this time of year. Meeting season is like early January through mid-February, generally speaking. And around this time of year at these meetings, somebody like myself is going to come and talk to you about risk management and put options things along those lines. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm very much pro-risk management. I am uh, pro-budgeting, all that stuff. I think you need to know where you stand in regard to marketing. I think you should be focused on marketing uh, throughout the year. Just so happens that I think a lot of times people go to these meetings and they're sometimes scared into making risk management decisions. In yesterday's subscriber-only video, I talked about why this may not be the best time of year to do that. I went back through, I think, 17 years of history, went back, uh, essentially covered the whole ethanol era and Uh, we did the corn market in particular like grain marketing meeting season versus the corn market and when is is it actually a good time to make uh, marketing decisions during meeting season Uh, this is real world grain marketing stuff every single day guys if you're interested sign up today i'll shoot you over this video Uh, go to standardgrain.com. 50 bucks a month cancel at any time no other fee no other obligation nobody will try to sell you anything else i promise U.S. soybean export inspections were very strong last week. USDA reported that a total of 68 million bushels of beans were inspected for export. That was up 1% on the week and up 31% versus the same week last year. So... I think USDA in all likelihood is underestimating U.S. soybean exports um, on the balance sheets. Accumulated soybean inspections for the current marketing year are down 1% versus the same period last year. Accumulated export sales are actually up 5%, yet USDA is now indicating after a downward reduction uh, earlier this month, USDA says soybean exports will be down 8% this year, um, year over year. So I think personally, I mean, you look at these inspections and the, uh, the columns, here if you guys are watching on YouTube this is uh, you know the first month of the year for the last five years. We're doing pretty darn good here. We're above where we need to be to hit these targets. And you got to keep in mind, we're already working on the balance sheet with a really low soybean carryout. And I think that's a number that could get lower because I think USDA may very well be wrong about their export projection. USDA's methodology works something like this. So in, in this uh, report we saw earlier this month, they cut harvested acreage, which meant that the, the uh, size of the crop was reduced. And typically when they do that, they'll also reduce demand to kind of balance things out. The problem was, I think that the demand reduction when it comes to exports was just not warranted. And I think that they are now at risk of being uh, too low and and maybe way too low when it comes to exports. Uh, in today's subscriber-only video, I'm gonna do a balance sheet rundown. U.S. means we're gonna talk about this export implication and uh, see what it means for the balance sheets and the markets potentially. Now, corn export inspections were not good. Again, I decided to lead off with the friendly stuff uh, today. I usually talk about how bad corn export inspections are. Uh, corn export inspections, uh, 21 million bushels, that was down 28% on the week, down 49% versus the same week last year. So we've still got a problem with the corn export program. Uh, Wheat inspections were okay at 16 million bushels. Ukrainian grain production probably going to fall again this year. A farmer group in Ukraine believes that corn acreage could decline by 30 to 35% in 2023. Uh, Harvested corn acreage declined by 27% in 2022 amid the war. So they're talking another 30 or 35% beyond that. So at the end of the day, depending on like your harvested versus versus your planted versus harvested acreage mix, I mean, we could end up with planted corn acreage in Ukraine. That's like half of what it was before the invasion, which is really phenomenal. Some of the reports indicate that a big chunk of this year's corn crop will go unharvested into the spring due to a shortage of money, electricity, other issues related to the war. Ukraine's ag ministry estimates that total grain exports this year are down 31% versus the same period last year. So they're talking drastically reduced production uh, because of the war. And I suppose that's not a surprise. Some rains are possible, possible is the key word, in some key U.S. HRW wheat areas of the southern plains. The extended GFS run this morning calls for some precipitation uh, across parts of Kansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, Texas in the period from February 7th through the 15th. So first off, this is the longer term forecast. And secondly, a lot of these rains, if you're looking on my screen here. They're going to miss your highest-density HRW wheat areas of western Kansas, western Oklahoma, Texas, eastern Colorado— those are your highest density production areas. And it looks like the rains, as it as it reads this morning, are going to miss a lot of that. So some of these HRW wheat areas in Kansas and Oklahoma, they may catch some rain, but some may not. And again, this is all, all these rains that are in the forecast or in the models in the GFS this morning, this is all in that extended period, which is always subject to change. So maybe this gets wetter and the rains move further west. That would be great. Or maybe they miss totally, which has been the trend. Uh, these areas remain very much dry. Drought-stricken. You can see the map versus uh, winter wheat production density. Uh, they could really use the rain, and if you throw the drought monitor up, I mean, these areas of Kansas and Colorado, places like that, I mean, they are are in a severe drought and have been for a long time. Traders continue to watch Argentina weather patterns and forecasts. Uh, Rains over this past weekend were probably better than expected. This morning's Euro model calls for some additional rain during the next week, although coverage may be spotty. I think the longer-term forecast is the question here. The GFS during that 10 to 15-day period has been kind of back and forth. I think the trade is extremely interested in what February and March uh, will look like in terms of weather now that planting is largely complete. China's hog numbers are up. Uh, China's Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs estimates that the country's sow herd increased by 0.6% in December versus November. Uh, The herd was 1.4% larger than the same period last year. China's pig herd increased by 1.9% and is 7 tenths of a percentage point larger than the same period last year. So bigger hog numbers, generally a positive for grain and oilseed demand. Europe Europe, uh, may avoid a recession the way that it looks. The European economy grew unexpectedly in the fourth quarter. GDP grew by 0.1%, which was better than expected. They were looking for a small decline. Jamie Rush, an economist at Bloomberg, said this. An ongoing squeeze on household spending power means the euro era era area, I'm sorry, Euro area economy could shrink in the first quarter with energy costs plunging. The big picture is that any winter downturn is likely to be shallow. The economy is holding a better than feared means that the european central bank can stay focused on tackling high and persistent inflation so generally speaking some good economic news out of europe we also saw some good economic news out of china Uh, china's economic activity grew in january according to the uh, pmi index the official pmi index rose to 50.1 in january they were looking for 48 i believe and when the index is above 50 that means expansion when it's below 50 that means contraction so this was better than expected economic data out of china One analyst said this. The PMI data showed that confidence in production, operation, and the state of the market has improved significantly. Another analyst said the January's rebound in activity is a bit unexpected as everyone is still quite cautious. It's difficult for PMI to pick up in the same month as the Chinese New Year, as workers normally have two weeks off. All the other real indicators, employment, inventory, delivery times got worse. Export orders went down. So that means domestic orders must have gone way up. So maybe the China reopening is uh, the real deal and will result in some better economic activity. Things uh, seem to be leaning that way. We've got a cattle inventory report after the close yesterday. We'll see what that says, but we did have some sharp gains in the uh, live cattle uh, market yesterday. Outside markets, the U.S. dollar is just a little bit higher. Stock market's off. Uh, The S&P's down 16. The Dow's down 130. Gold's down 19 bucks. Crude oil really struggling here. Can't hold the rally. Down 85 cents at 7705 in the March WTI. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you Wednesday.